0: Hello and welcome to LedgerCast. My name is Brian Krogsgaard and I am here as per usual with Josh Olsiewicz. Hey Josh. Hey Brian, how's it going? That intro is loud. Yeah, I don't know why it was so loud, but it was loud. It's large
1: and in charge today.
0: It is large and in charge. How you
1: doing? Good, I feel like we're
0: getting the little trickles of news here. Having's over with,
1: thank God, all those articles (laughs) and garbage streams can just shut the hell up already. Sorry if Dang. you enjoyed them, but uh, hey. it's you know it's like it's like investing. None of this stuff should be exciting. It should be boring. It should be boring. You know, great, we're building a community, blah, blah, blah. I just hate the commercialization of it. Investing it's like watching should be
0: boring. Trading should be
1: boring. Yeah, it should all be boring. It's like watching Christmas get commercialized if I was religious, you know? I could only Podcast. imagine.
0: Podcasts
1: should be boring. Uh, I mean, I listen you know to what? podcasts for an honest conversation between two people. This is what <laughs> I've been saying for years. Uh, so, okay. if we can have that, you know, you know, that's fine. Yeah. People listen to us while they're mowing the lawn. Shout out to the guy on Twitter.
0: I don't know your name, but you know who you are. <laughs> um, I got something for you, though. Mm. This is representative of our podcast last week, okay? Are you ready? Are you ready for this? I don't think so. Okay. this is This is it do you hear that i don't i don't know what this is for though (laughs) do you know what it is do you know what that is i know you're not a southerner but i I don't know it's a fiddle josh it's a fiddle okay that's and that's how your price calls played the market in our podcast last week (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) And that was it. Uh, we got we got several comments last week talking about uh, how the uh, the price points that we called out in the prior podcast were dead on, and I must agree they were. I mean, I traded it, so I hope so.
1: <laughs> Otherwise, what am I doing here? What are you? What are we doing here?
0: I don't know what I I don't know, man. We
1: got we got currency on Reddit. All of a sudden, fifteen years late, it's amazing.
0: I'm kind of hyped about it, and you you don't like it, or or you think it's unimpressive. Uh, I did a video about it on YouTube, and I like some of I like some of the ideas, and um, but you're not impressed. Why are you not impressed? I guess
1: I don't see the relevance. I mean, it's great. We're getting exposure. You know, that's always good. It's like all the having articles from Bloomberg and whoever else, and PTJ shoutouts. It's great exposure is great, sure, but at the end of the day, is it going to really impact anything? I doubt it.
0: I think it could. Uh, like I said in the vo- in the video, not to spoil it, um, I think that what we could be seeing here is a token mechanism to be able to speculate on communities and websites and i think that is pretty cool i think there's some potential there because there's no ico behind it there's none of that kind of stuff it's just bricks for this Fortnite community and people can decide whether or not it has any value whatsoever there's nothing underlying to try to determine that it has value so at a baseline it's just karma and then it might or might not have value and i think the fact that it could uh is really interesting when there's no like strings attached through ICO crap or anything else, you know?
1: Yeah. I think the way they're going about it, there was a thread. Brian Armstrong was talking about it. Coinbase CEO. Um, He was talking about it and I agreed with his points that it's a utility token. They did it the right way. I agree with your points there, but again, like it's, this isn't something you're going to speculate on. Sure. It's more in the doge line. Of stuff in that it's like a sandbox playground sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I think that's what's really cool. I mean, Doge is... I mean, people value Doge, and I guess it it really generated its value um, from being on Reddit and places like that and as kind of a meme coin. So I think some of these could take off, but you're also... You're not just saying, hey, they're not worth anything, they're just karma, but you're also saying you're establishing a free market Capability for them in that they can go be traded and someone can choose to buy influence in a community or someone can be early in a community and spend time and energy and essentially it's speculative investment in investing in that community. And then if the community becomes becomes big and they have been stashing tokens by being a part of that community over time, they can cash out for their community participation in the future, which I think is fascinating.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way about um, so like before games have a live launch they have a beta release, usually closed beta open beta, like there's a process and I feel this pressure to join like these closed betas of high profile of games because it's like, like League of Legends for example Like, I was in the closed beta, I played a ton of League of Legends there's all this value stored in my League of Legends account that should tokens or whatever be available similar to, to skins and CS um, like you could unlock that that value potential because you were basically an early adopter in a community that blew up right so sure like that'd be great but on the other hand I can always just go sell my account on eBay if I wanted to yeah it's against the terms of service but <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the point this is a, a a way that makes sense and it's uh you know, the deliverables are much easier. Like it's not, there's no counterparty risk or whatever you want to say. It's just a tradable token. So like those are some of the benefits of open networks where you just trade tokens on the open market. I think that's pretty neat. And there's, it passes all those kind of utility tests and uh, all that kind of stuff. I think it's, it's an interesting test and it I would, Completely reverse my opinion if it started out as like an ICO with pre-sale and all that crap because they just didn't attach anything to it. There's still some questions around centralization, like do you give these moderators all the control? How is it determined, like how stuff's issued? Is it like a token per comment or per upvote or, you know, like all those kind of governance mechanisms? But maybe they'll start to build in the governance procedures so each community can kind of decide for themselves and then over time that starts to impact the value of the token. I think it just brings a lot of interesting dynamics that were all the types of things people used to talk about in the token economy in the first place and now we get to see a test of that.
1: I mean, it, it encourages partic- participation. It
0: encourages
1: network effect, but it also doesn't discourage spam and taking advantage of you know click farming, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, so people essentially going and gaming the way that you, uh, whatever, like right. Especially get, if they get those have, tokens.
1: Especially if they ever have actual value, uh, it's
0: just going to be like WoW
1: gold, where we have Chinese WoW gold farmers who just sit there and uh, do tasks and WoW for <laughs> gold all day long. You know, it's like it kind of devalues devalues the currency from my perspective,
0: you know? What know. about from the participation of pulling people into the ecosystem, though? Like, just like Doge did. I mean, some people mined Doge because they saw it being tipped on on Reddit, you know? Um, don't you think this can pull people into the crypto ecosystem, get excited about tokens and Ethereum and what eventually Bitcoin? The crypto cult? Sure. <laughs> I
1: mean, yeah, it's fine. Like... But it's like Doge. It's like Doge's going to be super impactful uh, on its own. No, it's going to be a stepping stone for people. Maybe.
0: Yeah, but Doge was absolutely a a, a quality stepping stone for people. Yeah, a lot I of pe- agree. a lot of people got into the ecosystem because of Doge. We need we need those like no values, you know,
1: pull you in type types things. Sure, but I don't know. I just maybe I'm too cynical. You are. Care. I think
0: you're I think you're too cynical. I uh <laughs> I I like it. I think it's cool. I think that they did a lot of things right where they had an opportunity to do things wrong in some kind of cash grab or whatever for the fo- folks behind uh Reddit, but they didn't do that. As far as I can tell. I'd like to learn more. Like it says there's four point eight million bricks, for instance, and I don't really know all the details behind how that's done and what the Situation is, you know, like from a token economics perspective or whatever else, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, just be concerned with like
1: privacy type stuff, even though anytime you upvote or download stuff on Reddit, I'm pretty sure it's recorded anyway. Yeah, somewhere somebody is. So, like the ledger privacy issues are less relevant in that case because mm-hmm. it's already recorded anyway, you know? So, I don't know. I just, yep. uh,
0: yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I mentioned price and you playing the market like a fiddle. Uh, I think the biggest thing that we had talked about was that 8.1 level, which then we nailed. Uh, and that's when we got our comments of like, wow, that was exact support. <laughs> now we find ourselves basically back to the point we were roughly around our previous week's recording. Um, is there anything significantly new for you from a price perspective? Or are you more bearish, more bullish? Just a just the same.
1: I don't think there's anything significantly new. I'm out of that long position um, from the eights. I wrote it to nine four. So you got,
0: bought the wait? You bought the eight point one dip, or you were in right, before?
1: Right, no, 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 I bought the dip, um, like we talked about, and then I got out at nine nine three six or nine three seven. I don't know what it was, but uh, something like that. Um, so I missed like. Three nine three to ten or whatever it was. I like I I, because I went to bed one night and I was like, yeah, it just looks overextended. Looks, it looked parabolic, you know, and it looked like it was gonna collapse a little bit. But went for another leg, basically an hour after I closed my position. So,
0: yeah, I did a, I think it was a video. Been publishing a lot of crap lately, um, but I talked about in either a previous stream or a video how. If we were going to be bearish, it was going to be in kind of this 96 to 97 hundred zone. There's a yellow line on my chart where it was support throughout the previous consolidation. Then it was resistance, and then we had a fake out above it shortly. But then it was just like a a really nice retest. If we're going to go back down, maybe we could now work our way back to the mid eights and form some kind of more you know more well defined daily consolidation uh, which leaves me no it, it doesn't leave me bearish it just doesn't really leave me bullish until we clear uh, really 10.2 on a weekly close is what I want I just think everything is way too fast
1: and as as uh, being chopped around like as the chart's been chopped around in the past 18 months I think everybody's just used to these quick moves that reverse where if this post having thing is going to be legitimately a bullish run, it's going to be a grind. It's going to be uh, big up move, smaller retrace, sideways, big up move, smaller retrace, sideways. Like it's not going to be <laughs> if we can't have a multi year bull run if we just skyrocket to twenty k in a week. You know what I mean? Like that's not how this works, right? So yeah, I want to see a retest of kijun eventually like i want to see arethas of the 200 eventually i don't think eight one was there but i don't know how close we got to that let me turn on candles oh yeah i guess we tapped it
0: does it make you officially bearish or is it more just like you want to be bullish from lower
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i mean you can't be bearish we have a golden cross we're above all the vpvr congestion we're above the yearly pivot uh, I just being long up here in a position would make me nervous because it's just sideways chop from here on out I see I, like i don't see how we slingshot past 106 from here I just don't see it
0: yeah i think it definitely a little fuel to put under the fire would be nice to order, in order to get a better sustained push upwards now bitcoin loves to not do that like when we're saying like let's just simmer down it's like how about we go another $3,000 first um, like this is still a 45 degree 150% off the bottom
1: like this this move off, off uh, 4k has
0: just been insane you know yeah um, one of your other charts I think you highlighted that Kumo twist is that something where you're thinking there could be some kind of nasty drawdown towards
1: May 29th is uh, CME rollover as well, I think. Yeah. Um, so I think if we can survive May 29th, whatever dip comes with that, is there, there will likely be one because of the CME rollover volatility. Um, and that's a, a market that's getting bigger instead of smaller. So I think that's going to have even more push on uh, spot prices, um, even though it's cash settled so yeah may twenty ninth would be the next date, definitely. that's at the end of the month like if we if if we break eight one at the end of the month, I would not be surprised
0: break below eight one yeah,
1: um, uh, like I don't wanna get super long until like seven two, two seven seven, seven, something like
0: that seven, two. Oh, 72277. Yeah, just the previous. Low to mid 7Ks. Whatever this is. Yeah, where that head and shoulders thingy was. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'll be ready if it does. I mean, that's definitely the type of place where people would start getting super bearish. <laughs> you just hear a lot about it, you know?
1: Because that's the... nearly um, pivot... Uh, the head and shoulders thing you we were talking about too, mm-hmm. like that'd be a perfect right shoulder. I don't know if, oh, you have my screen up, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, poorly drawing all this, but if we like right-shouldered in that six-seven to seven-seven zone,
0: yeah, that's where I'll be.
1: I'll be waiting. Ooh, that's
0: some uh, that's a, there's, that's a big move from here. I mean, that's on the lower end of that. That's almost three grand.
1: Yeah, but what's that mean? That's just a number at this point, right? It's really like 30% or something. Yeah. Why why doesn't this
0: work? I'm just thinking of how the narrative would change over that period of time, and I think it would be pretty significant.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This just doesn't look, again, it doesn't look like it wants to slingshot to infinity to me. Even on the, the low time frames, what I'd be watching is the um, four hour cloud. And if we get that recross, that TK recross, then you can say, okay, there's enough evidence here. I guess we already did, but I just I I do not like relonging this setup until we make higher highs. And at that point, you you risk getting trapped in your long, and it's just it's not a good it's not a good look, Brian.
0: Yeah, I can see it. Um, however, if I look at you know gold, it basically has gone this whole route without significant retrace yet, um, and I could imagine that we follow a similar path. I mean, this gold chart on a monthly basis is just insane, and it. It's, it's really doing it on all timeframes. Like I'm showing a monthly, but if you just look at the daily, like it just does not want to dip. It got a dip when the whole market went to crap of like 14%. And then the rebound was immediate. It consolidated for really no more than like two weeks. And now it's breaking out again, pushing up into that all time high consolidation zone from 2012 or whenever that was. So, I know Bitcoin and gold aren't the same thing, but I feel like, as we've said a lot, a lot of people are using them similarly, it seems.
1: Yeah, there's again, there's a lot of variables. Having is over with, but there's the whole macro economy variable. There's the wand devaluation, which is rearing its head again. I just noticed yesterday. Um, I'll have to start tracking that again.
0: Yeah. And this is simultaneous, Bitcoin getting a positive move, gold still going up, while the S&P finally had a multi-day drawdown off the 0.618, like we talked about as a potential resistance area. Never did tap that 200 like we thought it could. And it's looking like it wants to potentially make a recovery here, but I don't know, it just looks like sideways crap to me. But sideways or down for the legacy market, at least in the indexes, while gold and Bitcoin both show strength, is definitely fascinating.
1: And I have the, uh, I agree, definitely like to see to see us finally decouple from legacy markets, at least for the brief moment. Yeah, um, for now is good, massively, massively good. Um, if you look at the uh, USDC and Y chart I have up, like we're basically back at the highs of August twenty nineteen yeah and like Man. i remember w- when we broke seven uh in july no that was august as well like i remember the bitcoin chart uh how we broke up like that day you know like it was perfectly timed so if this just keeps going yeah you know, that, that's going to be bullish for for bitcoin as well
0: yeah that i haven't looked at that chart in a long time yeah no so. that's why i said I, I saw it the other day i was like uh, that's a
1: that's a really high number
0: (laughs) compared to where it was. Well, remember that 7-pin from 2008 to 2011, and we were talking about this back when it was first breaking through it Mm -hmm. uh, and seeing what it's done since then. It's fascinating. We got a good question from Bill388. What would be more of a surprise? Test the 100-week moving average around $7,100 or breaking through the high made in mid-2019, so 13.9? 7,100 or 13.9, which would be more surprising?
1: Uh, 13.9 first, definitely.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think 7,100 is, um, there'd be much less like hype or overall interest if we broke down to that. And I think there, we'd see general buying fundamentally, people interested, especially. I know we've talked a little bit about the halving, but like because we've had the halving, the cost of mining is now higher and therefore 7k to me is like 3 or 4k before because they get half the reward and transaction fees aren't really enough to make a huge dent right now are they?
1: Transaction fees are actually up quite a bit
0: but not enough to make up for having the block reward right?
1: Uh, No but um, so mempool is getting fuller so the number of transactions is up, the size of the transactions is up, fees are up block size is nearing its two megabytes soft ceiling or 2.2 megabytes is the hard ceiling if it's using segwit and to me this is all good stuff because fees if fees are high then there's this massive narrative around scaling and like any governance issue for any coin is generally just super bullish because there's just a lot of people with a vested interest in the at stake right so yeah to, to me that's always a good thing
0: like to quote Roger Fair, for killing babies, that might be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think seven point one would last very long, though. I feel like
1: no, just like eight one did. It wouldn't.
0: Yeah, be a blip. I think I think the sevens and eights are to now what the four, five, six ks were before. You know, like. I don't. Th- I think miners are going to hold for higher prices. The price of mining is more expensive. So unless they capitulate, they want higher prices to be able to be rewarded for their mining activities. So I think that that can draw us upward uh, unless they capitulate. And for- since they knew this was coming, I think it just reduces the selling pressure at the low numbers and instead creates more buying impulses for people buying that dip. So you've got a few moving parts Um You've got yeah, what's been the difficulty adjustment? Or no, I know it hadn't happened yet, but what's been the hash rate? Uh, so
1: difficulty adjusted, yes. No. What is this? What's today? 15th, 10 days today's ago. Today's the 15th. So we're due for another difficulty adjustment in three
0: days. Which would be the first since the halving, because it's been yes. a couple weeks. Or it's been it's, 10 days. It says it's flat on this website, but I don't think that's the case. So, yeah, yeah, so you've got... I'd heard hash rate went down a little bit. Yeah, if I check
1: bit info, charts, hash rate went down 20, 30% maybe. Um, But you've got several moving parts. You've got people using old S9s who are definitely out of money right now. You've got people who have basically free electricity using whatever they can to mine. You've got people who are super over levered in China and are probably hoping prices go up. Then you've got people who are just capitulating and saying, you know, I can't afford it. I'm just going to sell everything. And if we look at the generation versus spend, so this is coins that have been, coins that have been mined and they can track the wallets of the various pools and miners. And you can see we're outspending our generation. So right
0: now miners are offloading coin.
1: So that isn't
0: bullish from a short term perspective. Miners first spend. Is that just a wallet transfer?
1: Yes, so you can see between April uh, April, and just before having, they kind of hoarded, and now very clearly we're outspending.
0: Yeah, so they were generating more coins than we're transferring out. Right. And now it's they're transferring out more coins than are being generated. Right. So
1: there's there's a lot there's still a lot of variables, definitely. Um but I can't see I can't look at this and be bullish, right? Because it says like mining whales are moving coins.
0: You know? Yeah. It could be though, because they're generating half the number of coins, that they are moving fewer coins still, but it's more relative to the amount generated. Yeah, if you look at
1: um Know, where it was to where it is now
0: it's definitely they're moving
1: less but they're still moving more than they're generating because they're generating less as well so this will yeah. this will take like a month to probably find an equilibrium but uh
0: ant 782 brought up a fun point that gold miners are doing similar so I, he must have looked at some of the stats but it makes sense like as the price of gold goes up some of those uh some of those miners may say like look i like this price i want to lock in gold because we're, I don't know, some X dollars of profit at that price so they can start hedging or they can start selling some stuff they have in inventory or whatever. Um, That same component, that same idea exists for our market as well. Uh, Meanwhile, the value of those gold mining companies has gone up even faster than gold. Um, But we're not seeing the evidence price-wise with with Bitcoin that it's at a price where they want to, lock in you know mid nine Ks necessarily. Or at least I haven't seen evidence of that.
1: It mean, they, they could have been um, hedged,
0: you know, pre having.
1: You know, there's again there's like a million different variables here that these people could have been doing. It depends how how big the miner is, how much planning they've done post having. Um yeah. it depends how many miners got together and said we're going to do the same thing as in uh, we're going to basically manipulate the market by not selling what we're generating <laughs> before having, this could just be a massive mind meld between the miners, you know, wisdom of the crowds type thing. Yeah. I somewhat doubt that because it's pretty stark, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it's impossible to actually verify.
0: Um, do you have that chart where it talks about like the age of coins in the heat map? Like, yeah, so that hasn't moved. really changed. That's another question from Ant where he's asked if if I, if I, we thought there'd be more hodlers this time around to protect Bitcoin from a market dump. So do we have strong hands in the market right now or are they weak, weak hands? I think actually we really don't have a lot of retail or FOMO or anything right now. So I think generally we have strong hands in the market, but price gets high enough, people start moving coins. Um, but Josh has this Uh, graph right here that shows whether the coins are hot or cold. Can you explain the way this graph works?
1: Yeah, so coins that haven't moved in more than five years are blue up here. And then coins that have moved very recently within the past week uh, or day are going to be red hot down here. And just in general, if you look at the all-time highs in price, you can see that there's clearly more coins moving you know, as price goes up. Yeah. So you Which, can look at this from a lagging or leading perspective, I think, because if you start seeing lots of coins moving, like we're talking about.
0: They're kind t- of defining a potential high. Right. That usually says there's a top of the market.
1: We're not seeing that right now. Like, yes, it's increasing. No, it's pretty normal.
0: Yeah. It's just. Does this chart let you zoom in? You're on all. Can you pop over to like one month or three months? Uh, it's I on could- the bottom there. Oh my bad. No, it's fine. No, down on the very bottom. Yeah, there you, you go. Yeah, these here. Uh, yeah, so it's a little harder to read that trend there on a only on a one month timeline. There's really so not much obviously, change. You know, not enough happening in that amount of time, but maybe over six months. But we've had so such a huge change over six months. I mean Yeah, I, I would just say there's nothing that seems overly significant here. No.
1: Just let me no
0: it doesn't maybe some coins capitulated there in that march event you can see that I mean, you can there. compare
1: this to july 2019 it's really mm. nothing yeah nothing out of the ordinary right now
0: so i think this is just a sign that overall there's not there's not a ton of retail action in here right in this market we're still not seeing that i think maybe we will but for the moment at least um this is a pretty Average uh, participation level for the market, like it's not. We're on. We're not. We're on the news now. It's in the. It's in the narrative. Uh, some macro people paying attention, but it's not like those. Uh, have you seen those Robin Hood charts where it's like how many people hold Boeing versus the prices it does? It's like it's not like people are fomoing in or knife catching big time as. Speculators. I don't think it's uh, so significant.
1: Yeah, I just saw that yesterday, and it's it's just a slaughter of retail.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm going to look up some of them.
1: I was just looking at the Google Trends. Um, that's another thing to watch for retail interest, but we're uh, making multi-month highs on Google Trends.
0: That's interesting. Uh, so here's an example of Tilray, um, so you can see the Robin Hood holders you know way back when they were increasing steadily through the highs, and then they didn't really d- decrease as the price went down, down down. You can see that discrepancy, and then when the price went to zero <laughs> almost uh as it capitulated, the Robin Hood holders just went up and up and up knife catching so like this is this is what retail action looks like if people are paying attention. And I don't think uh, Bitcoin's nothing like that.
1: Uh, yeah,
0: I agree. But the Bitcoin chart would have looked a lot like this Tilray chart back in 2017. But I think we're past any of this kind of momentum.
1: Really? I think it's the opposite. I think you're going to see, well, maybe not the opposite. But like
0: when I got in 2013,
1: <laughs> I feel like a ton of people bought the all-time high, right?
0: Yeah. Well, that's what
1: like you, know, you typically don't get a bunch of people buying the bottom
0: you know um unless yeah which makes some of these interesting in the legacy market like i'm looking at the boeing one on robin track now and number of people holding boeing 10x from 30,000 users to 300,000 robin hood users as it went to uh sub one hundred dollars. So as it lost more and more of its value, more and more Robinhood people bought it. So like makes me feel like maybe that's not a bottom on Boeing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um I I don't know quite how to read that into crypto, but you can see what retail participation looks like. Um and there's the other side of this too. Like Tesla is a good one.
1: Well you can you can compare coin uh not Coinbase Cash App buys per quarter to price
0: yeah, I'll give you a similar type picture. yeah that's an interesting one, I didn't look at that if you, do you have a chart of that? in Not the meantime really. I think Tesla is interesting because people finally stopped holding Tesla because it was lagging behind the market when the whole market was pumping in 2017 the legacy market uh, and then it, Tesla started finally going wild and the number of users coming back to hold it again started to go up but only mildly as Tesla was going to like a thousand dollars a share then Tesla dumps, and like those users really pick up. So it's like knife catchers galore on Robinhood. But I think the Tesla one's interesting because when Tesla was just ranging and doing nothing, you finally started seeing capitulation from some of those retail holders. Um, and I think we got through all of that stuff back in twenty eighteen. Like I bet the Bitcoin chart looked a lot like that in twenty eighteen, where fin- people, finally people were like, "Screw this, I'm out of here." At you know, like when Bitcoin broke down from sixty four hundred to the three ks and things like that, and then that's what marked our bottom. Is probably the retail interest just disappeared completely.
1: Right, right. When you see the
0: capitulation fear, yeah,
1: that's you want to see that spike. You know, you typically see it on volume per day or something. But um, I'm just looking at their earnings. I don't have it as a price chart
0: but it's from the block they did something on it square square is just continuing to almost double quarter over quarter yeah they're they're crushing it definitely crushing it Um, i mean it makes sense they don't charge a fee on the purchase right it's just they're pricing it on the spread
1: Yes, I think <laughs> I use them. I should know, but I I don't yeah. I don't really care. Like it's the only place I onboard to cash. Yeah, now,
0: so. but it's a, it's one of the only places where you can say like I want to buy like a hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin every month, right? And it's just... not un- obscenely expensive like Coinbase and stuff. I mean, I haven't onboarded Fiat in a long time, <laughs> like that wasn't already in the ecosystem. Um, but. Coinbase and stuff used to be extremely expensive like every time I did I felt like I was spending like a hundred bucks or more just to bring on cash you know
1: yeah and their fees have gotten worse so it's it's not a friendly place to buy crypto anymore I don't think definitely not to trade I mean the Coinbase Pro is a joke fees are a joke there uh, it's just it's really gone downhill from where its glory days once were
0: yeah all right, so do you think we have to breach 20K and make a new all time high for FOMO to kick in, or can it kick in earlier? And I think that test up to 14K was actually a signal for this to say yes, uh, because people weren't really following and FOMOing super hard when we went up to 13.9K. Um, so I do think we probably have to have an all time high, see a significant event for retail the FOMO back in. Or maybe it's just a series of, a thing about time. Like so many people got burnt on crypto. Like, I mean, remember like people talking about it at Thanksgiving and Christmas and we had these holiday pumps because people were telling their families about crypto and how they're going to become millionaires. And uh, there was so much pain from that. Maybe we just need more time. Maybe crypto will just kind of exist in its own little world until people can't ignore it anymore. Which Kind of makes me more bullish on the potential ceilings for a new bull run. Like, because in my mind, I've always thought, okay, I do actually think we'll eventually breach 20K. I'm not trying to predict when, but like when we do, maybe it'll be a year or two year run up to something like 40K to double the price from the all time high. But if it takes a long time for people to start giving it seriousness and get that retail, everyday person type of interest in Bitcoin. Maybe it does have more. Maybe it can triple again and you know, like 60k or or more. But you start to get into overall market cap, like relative to gold, for instance. that's it's kind of insane for Bitcoin at those prices.
1: Yeah, but again, it's just a number. We just printed seven trillion. We're going to print X trillion more. Like, what does it even matter anymore? You know, we haven't had yeah. Bitcoin in a in a we had we. we We had it post-2008, but we haven't had it in a several multiple of 2008, which is what we are now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I was just looking at... We're talking about FOMO. You can see that a few ways, I think. But um, I was looking at issuance versus fees. And it looks like... I can't fix these... So issuance in USD went down to 7 million after having, okay? And fees per day are now up to 1.4 million. Wow. So that's more than 10% of the block reward, you know?
0: Yeah, so it's pretty expensive to move Bitcoin right now.
1: So, you know, I see people complaining, Taylor Monaghan, of uh, the ETH wallet. I forget the name of it but she was complaining it's my crypto yeah my crypto wallet or something she was complaining it's two dollars to send a transaction and um that might be the case for that specific wallet if the fees are estimated improperly or something but you can always send it for a lower fee it just takes longer um so if we're talking about on-chain stuff that's one way you can look at it if we look
0: at uh, I mean that's late. That's like summer twenty nine. Uh, no, twenty nineteen. I don't know what it's relative to twenty seventeen.
1: This is the mempool the
0: unconfirmed transactions. You can see. Jeez. Where is was, Roger Ver sneaking in again? Or <laughs>
1: no, is this is natural. like this is legitimate. Um. This is all legitimate stuff, I think. So the the blue stuff on this graph is um, stuff sent with a small fee.
0: For people listening and not watching, this is uh, like that, what do you call this, like a, not a histogram, but like an area chart, uh, colored in based on density of the mempool and there's a lot of unconfirmed transactions. So, this is size, so the blue stuff is smaller in size.
1: This Mm -hmm. could be someone consolidating UTXOs, so unspent transactions. Yeah. Um, Could be. If we look at fees, you can see that fee spike pending. That's 25 BTC. That's massive. So block space is getting more expensive, which to me is bullish.
0: You know? I was about to say. so <laughs> no. It's bullish that, relative to our discussion earlier.
1: That's one way to measure FOMO. You know, just people sending transactions. Uh, if you look at institutional FOMO, BTC CME Futures, OI is at an all time high, and Notional might be close to an all time high enough to calculate it. But... Their
0: options open interest is exploding too on CME, right? Yeah. Um, and so is backed. Backed kind of came back to life.
1: Backed to life. Uh, <laughs> it's good to see the physically settled. So that was 14, 42 million versus 43. So they're physically settled almost at an all time high in volume. This is all probably having related, you know, hedging or whatever else, but. Uh, it's still good to see institutional, especially physically settled
0: versus cash settled. Yeah, you got to watch out for those uh, strike dates, though, and expiries because a lot of, a lot of goofiness can happen around a market if there's a lot of open interest at a specific expiry date or specific strike price. And this is uh, SKU. We
1: have really good data. Yeah, so BTC options, OI is basically
0: ballooning past the billion. Massive all-time high. I mean, that's that's uh, the type of open interest you see on we saw on Bitmex at heights when it caused mar- big market moves. So that's fascinating. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people.
1: There's a lot of interest to be harvested. Deribit is just yeah insanely high. Um, Very CMA. much a
0: maturing options market, but really not maturing with retail traders. It seems like this is probably more institutional. Or at least, you know, professional, if not institutional. Well, my position was always options are more
1: sophisticated, but
0: people like to argue with me that uh, more noobs use
1: options. But <laughs> I
0: don't know. I think that's garbage. I think it's definitely more sophisticated. It's much more difficult to understand. And you don't get enough options open interest from people just like buying calls, you know, just like Moon Boys buying 50K calls or whatever. I think this is much more likely to be professional traders trying to get an edge or balance out their positioning in spot or futures or something else.
1: So to see all that stuff rising is bullish for sure. You know, on chain, on chain, anything is super bullish. Active
0: addresses broke a million again. Wow. The other day, this was, uh, what day was this? And we only have seen those when we were above like 12 K above a million addresses. Yeah, I mean, if we pop price on here, you know, a million,
1: we just don't see it. It's usually at the highs, right? So to see a million already is interesting. Yeah. And the weekly average... All of
0: this, to me, sounds like a pretty bullish narrative for Bitcoin. Um, oh, yeah, I'm which makes me further believe, even though we're talking about the potential for dips, that they could be short-lived.
1: I'm bullish medium term. I'm just hard to be, it's hard for me to be mega bull right now looking at technicals. Um, Yeah.
0: No, I totally agree. I think a short term drawdown makes sense. Um, Monthly active addresses hit a two year high.
1: I mean, this is all good stuff, right? I don't, you don't want to be, if we compare this to like uh, Neo, for example, I guess even Neo is up. Damn. No, sorry, it's not hot. <laughs> uh, you know, you <laughs> don't want <just> to like, see... <laughs> you don't want to see that. You don't want to see this picture where you're just flat into the uh, abyss, right? Like, that's the death of a coin, you know? And even OMG, which just got listed on Coinbase. Is OMG on here? I hate Look at I Litecoin,
0: that's too. Somebody was asking us what the on-chain data looks like for Litecoin. It's up, but it's not...
1: It's no Bitcoin, you know?
0: No Bitcoin. Go to Decred. That's when it's like, People love talking about the creds, fundamentals, but I, w- I wonder if people care about it. The thing about, wow. yeah, but the thing about the cred
1: is they enabled coin mixing, basically, oh. in October. What about XMR? Sorry, so I of making this... you go all the way
0: through. <laughs> you can you even exactly. track it on XMR very easily?
1: Yeah, you can. Uh, so to look at the active addresses now versus what they were is it's apples and oranges. It's completely different. Uh, XMR actually, Wait, I, mean, I thought you could. You can look at transactions per day on XMR. Which are skyrocketing. Yeah. Something's happening over there. I think this is mining related. Um, they changed their mining algorithm at the end of last year. And I think there's a lot of mining activity now. So I think that's what that's about.
0: One other thing on Bitcoin before we... Uh, I want to ask talk to you about Ethereum stuff. Um... There's the GBTC premium. Apparently it spiked again this week. Did you see that? I did not.
1: But That's another. Uh, this is OMG.
0: Potential bullish narrative. Just got listed Ew. on Coinbase.
1: That's transactions per day. But, so it didn't yeah. even spike with the listing. Um, <sighs> that's active address. It's just completely dead.
0: That's disgusting. Uh, so, uh, Coinbase listed that thing.
1: Dude, I don't know, man. So is GBT's premium bullish? Uh, it says there's a lot of institutional people who want to FOMO in and don't know what they're buying and don't care what the premium is and they just want exposure. That's how I read that. I also read that as the market's expectation of an ETF coming anytime soon is worse than zero. <laughs> yeah. If if the market expected an ETF, that premium would shrink and it's not. So,
0: I mean, the ETF talk pretty much completely died away, which I think is good because now if there's any ETF news, it'll be hyper bullish again, <laughs> you know, but it's not, it's not going to negative, negatively impact the market.
1: I agree. It's like, you know, it's in a, its own bubble, right? GBTC. Yeah. I think, All right. you know, if I compare a GBTC premium to Reddit cryptocurrency, the GBTC premium is going to get more eyes from people with more money than uh, the Reddit cryptocurrency, right?
0: Sure. That's fair. Real real people, real real investors care about that more. Um, all right. I want to talk to you about this trade setup on Ethereum, something that I've been looking at. It's Yikes. actually what I stopped out, uh, as you can see from this potential trade. Uh, so I was interested in Ethereum relative to BTC because it looked like it might be making a higher low. You could have potentially called it some kind of long-term pennant. Um There's some further lower lows if you go further back in this chart, but uh, 200-day moving average, previous levels, yada, yada. I thought it was a decent risk-reward, and then it had, as Bitcoin went up, whatever, 500 bucks the other day, the Ethereum price just did not follow, so lost a lot relative to BTC. Now it just looks like it's bearish retesting a little bit. Um, Does this mean anything to you? I mean, for me, it, from my point of view, it looks like the trade, the my trade setup certainly failed. But I wonder if there's really a short trade here now. Like, is it a proper breakdown? Like, can we make new lows in Ethereum and see a lot lower prices? Or do you think, like we talked about last week, you know, there's not really much to worry about here. Because um, there's plenty of accumulation levels lower. It just depends on your time frame and your willingness to live through down and sideways type of stuff. But it, I lost a lot of my Ethereum bullishness because it failed to maintain that higher low and stuff.
1: I mean, you're gonna see FOMO during fundamental events. We talked about this last week, I think. But like, there's the having FOMO clearly. There's gonna be ETH phase zero 2.0 FOMO clearly. That's coming. Allegedly June, July this year. We'll see what happens, but um, yeah. So, you know, I mentioned this last pod, I think, but I expect ETH to outperform BTC later in the year, just based purely on the FOMO from um, to the proof of stake stuff. Even though it's going to be like Cardano, where you're going to do proof of stake with this Beacon Chain, and you're going to accrue over reward but you cannot spend that reward till months down the line you know so it's yeah uh, so it's actually super bullish from a supply demand perspective because it has all these people lock up their eth you know 32 eth or whatever it is and they can't spend the reward so <laughs> i think i think that's super bullish like it's artificially uh you know pushed the supply demand curve but um in the near term for ETH, when that happens i think it's bullish
0: yeah either way i don't think that i'm very bullish unless it shows that it can like maybe sweep and retackle this level it's also pretty close to the high volume node so i i'm just not interested until it starts to show proof in that trend to the upwards direction like i still want to be looking out for trades i just don't see the setup right now personally
1: yeah, I mean, it looks like it went from an Adam and Eve to an inverted
0: Adam and Eve. <laughs> yeah, it does. It looks, it really does. It looks it's, like a massive topping formation, just back into jail at best. It's nothing uh, I want to buy
1: based on the trend. And if anything, it's going to be stuck in this
0: range from 017
1: to 027, you know, for the next however long year, two years, three years, who knows, right?
0: Yeah. And, uh, It still looks like kind of the best of the bunch. I mean, I look at something like Litecoin relative to BTC. You're totally catching a knife here. It looks like absolute garbage, particularly relative to uh, both its own history and uh, other coins. I mean, Tezos looks weak. Looks like it wants to make a lower low. Looks like it could be making the world's largest M and go very much back to jail like 17K sats. I could totally see that. Big high volume node down there. I know Tezos fans don't want to hear that, but looks like Bitcoin dominance could keep going up to me relative to these larger caps. I mean,
1: look at EOS BTC too. It's just... Yeah, I know
0: EOS is still crap. Link is, uh, Link is lagging a little bit and Link is like super Chad coin, you know? <laughs> Where where are link marines? Like it's usually the one that reacts the fastest. Um uh, Zcash back to all
1: back to near all time
0: lows. What a surprise there, right?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's why you took off half. No, I took off everything, right? Oh, you took off, I don't you any, took off I don't everything. Any Zcash. No Zcash. You you played Zuko and everybody else. I played all those noobs. Yeah, it's back below two hundred almost immediately. Man, that looks yep. ugly. Yeah, I do not. I do not like that. Ugh, ugh. Um. So our alt story went from, you know, good risk reward to that not playing out. You know, and that's what the that's what happens when you look at these from a good risk reward standpoint. Is like they fa- if they fail the level, the stop is tight. So just to whatever. Two weeks later, I go from being pretty interested in uh, what I see in large caps to, uh stay far away types of levels. Sailor seven brought up B and B also making lower lows. That was another one where I was really interested, but it failed. I stopped out. Thank goodness because it bled for another like two weeks straight and still looks like crap. Um. Yeah, that, that doesn't look great either. You now you can always say, okay, bottom things. <laughs> uh, you know, if you finally capitulate, finally make these lower lows. But technically, it's just not telling you to buy here. It was telling us there was a good justification for trying to, you know, get in before. This is just, there's no there was no trend confirmation. There was trend failure. Uh, it almost looks like a
1: head and shoulders. I think we mentioned that maybe two weeks ago.
0: Yeah. A, um, a, a not inverted, positive. No. <laughs> right, Regular like, head and shoulders at a bottom, right. which is... Hyper, bull, hyper bear. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so that's ugly to me. I mean, all I have not yet looked at one of these altcoin charts for large caps that is bullish to me.
1: I agree. And look at, uh, you know, BTC dominance. It's, It's got its golden cross today for You got it pulled up. Yeah, uh, for BTC dominance. And we talked about that at least for the past two or three weeks now.
0: Yeah, I mean, we looked... we. When we were talking about this, it was right at the 200-day moving average as well, and kind of a diagonal level for opportunity in terms of altcoin stuff. But it broke up through it, so it's you know dominance is taking over. It looks like dominance wants to go significantly higher, which makes me believe now if you do want to speculate on altcoins, large caps is not the place to do it. Um, you got to go dig in the dumpster and. Go for the low caps if that's where you want to play, because there's always people playing. But I'd, I'd be hesitant trying to do it in any large caps. Sounds like a slot machine. There's always people playing.
1: You know, <laughs> it's just some people lose and some people win. There's just always people playing.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, there's there's always altcoin speculation. There's always people trading them, but I I think it's much harder to do with large caps and um, kind of across the board relative to dominance things like that. I think you got to pick your pick your poison and. Uh, obviously you're taking a much different type of risk relative to uh, large caps when you're playing small caps. But it makes me say, all right, Bitcoin's good, and then I want to make some maybe calculated bets on lower caps or mid caps, things like that.
1: Yeah, I just want to mention BNC Pro plug real quick. Just something you can do with your own personal shitcoin
0: portfolio. And you can do it at LedgerStatus.com slash BNC. And it's free. And it's it's a freemium model,
1: but it's largely free. You
0: can do anything I'm doing here for free.
1: Um, so, yeah, you can track track all your stuff, track your portfolio, sort by exchange, sort by coin, that sort of thing.
0: And you can either sync your trades or add them manually. Right. So you can sync the APIs.
1: You know, anyway, but it's cool. Like, you know, it allows me to do stuff like this so I can say, oh, I'm actually up in USD. Am I up in BTC? Probably not. Yeah, just barely down a BTC, though, not much.
0: Yeah, it's actually not bad.
1: Uh, I think I'm down in ETH, yeah, a little bit.
0: Must just be based on the timing. Yeah, but, you know, overall. that's a That's a pretty reasonable risk on the downside to have taken.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it barely was ever under my 10K buy-in, you know?
0: Yeah. Nothing to be ashamed of there.
1: So it's interesting to just track.
0: I've tracked no, stuff. Some, you po- did do some take profit there. Like, for the most part, you've been very passive with this fund, but you did take profit. Like, if something went up enough, you took something off the table, which probably is probably what saved you, right? Yeah, so I, I took profit on Zeke. I took profit on...
1: Tezos, then a rebought lower. Uh, Did you I,
0: ever take profit on XLM? No, I'm
1: still holding XLM. It's still in here. Um, I closed Loom. I think it was uh, for a profit. I closed ADA for a profit. I can't remember how much Loom was at a profit, but they announced that they're uh, oh, there it is. <laughs> changing, <on>. changing tactics. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they is scammed, from what I could tell. Yeah, so you can, if you click on your your buys and sells, what is this? I don't know. The way it's in here, it's hard to tell because one's denominated in USDC, one's denominated in Loom.
0: Yeah, so that's pretty cool, BNC Pro. Most apps aren't going to be as easy to track your nav over time, the asset value. Yes.
1: Yeah, so,
0: cool. Performance over time. It is cool. Go to literaturestats.com slash BNC. Free plug for BNC friends at BNC, Josh writes there. Speaking of that, Josh, what the heck are you writing or what else do you have to, um, to to talk about today? What am I
1: missing? Today I got nothing. I think we exhausted everything. I wanted to talk about on-chain stuff. That's really been the story. On-chain is just ballooning. I had this really good in-depth TA article that um, the editor is still reworking a little bit, so that's coming probably next week for BNC.
0: Oh, the only other thing I saw newsworthy and tradable was uh, FTX is launched. They launched yet another product. Uh, I'm actually trying to interview Sam soon. Um, The Bitcoin hash rate futures is now a product on FTX, so miners can hedge their risks. I guess through that, according to the block, Um, they're just (laughs) pumping out a ton of these products where. I'm not sure exactly how they'll trade because they're not traded anywhere else. So it's like just the singular market, but it gives an opportunity for people that can to see what they can make of that. If they want to try to trade hash rate trends and things like that, I thought that was kind of interesting. That's the only other news I saw. Y'all go to uh, YouTube... And check out some of the videos that I've made. I've also been putting other streams here on Twitch, some shorter ones. Took a couple of excerpts from those and put them on uh, YouTube. I did a Bitcoin analysis yesterday. Uh, I did a video about aligning your fundamental macro bias with technicals, which was from my Haviting talk. So I'm drinking scotch during that, to celebrate the Haviting. Um And today I did a 10-minute video on the Reddit thesis so that's what I have going on and Josh your stuff is on Brave New Coin you will just go to brave com and check out Josh's articles he's putting out a ton of them still if you just switch over to the price analysis column you can see that's pretty much his, his little corner of Brave New Coin so you've recently done uh, Cardano Bitcoin, BAT Dash, EOS, Augur, all of the all of the coins. So just the hits. Uh,
1: BAT, another one that's exploding in uh, network effect. Lots of new publishers for BAT recently.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, they're doing some pretty interesting stuff. I got BAT pulled up here right now. Uh, that's what I'm browsing with. I like BAT. They're, I, I like most of the stuff they're doing. It's a good browser not fully on board with some of the changes, they're monetizing through like a Binance widget, which is, it feels like it makes it super crypto and not just a browser, <laughs> you know? Like yeah. if you're just a random person seeing that. Um, So we're going to stop the recording here, but Josh, let's stay on uh, the stream for a minute and we can, there's a couple of questions that I'll answer off of the stream, which allows us to, pimp our live streams a little more you know people uh, hanging with us for the live stream we appreciate that so with that we will see everybody on the podcast next time thanks for joining us monuments crumble in the blink of an eye the easy river has just run dry In a house of cards, I feel the breeze Wound so tight, I can barely breathe All right. So that's it for the recording, but we got a couple of questions I wanted to answer on the stream.